Hi, this is Zohara with The Soloist, conversations on music, soul, education, life, and many things in between. Hello and welcome back, dear ones. So good to think of you. So good to sit here with almost a cup of coffee and imagine that I'm talking to you here in the same space. Talking about the same space, it's quite challenging or um, puzzling to record a podcast while I'm traveling. I've been on the go for quite a while, as you heard from my previous podcast, and I wouldn't be surprised if in the, min- in the middle of me talking to you right now, there will, come, there will be a noise outside, there are lots of buildings, um, building sites here in the area. Or you will hear the neighbor from upstairs knocking or walking heavily, or somebody will knock on the door. There's something, um, this is one of the things which are very, very special in traveling. Uh, traveling is so different than just moving to another place. Because while we're traveling, um, or especially in this kind of traveling, in this travel now that I do, I don't have um, a time or a space which I'm staying for a long time. And the truth is that sometimes I don't even know what's the next place that I'm going. So it's a little bit like a life of a modern gypsy or um, maybe privileged gypsy, I, I will say, because uh, I can choose. It's not something which is uh, um, being landing in my lap without me wanting it. So there's, this choice is um, many times a privilege. At other times, it's quite demanding of the soul because sometimes there are places which the soul does not feel comfortable. The place might be nice or good or comfortable, sort of, but the soul cannot find its place. And I find now more than before, more than ever, that there is a great connection between soul and locality. Now, uh, being in the world of soul, learning about soul, teaching about soul, working with uh, the soul in mind, having a podcast of the soul, all of this I have... I've heard throughout the years about these two words, soul and locality. I remember even once he- t- talking to um, a person which I really appreciate, Jonathan, uh, about this topic. Somehow now, as I'm traveling, I feel it on all levels the connection between soul and locality. So I used to think that the connection uh, referring to is mainly or mostly 
connection between the place that we were born and or the place that we live and or the place that we moved to. I did not know about the place of uh, traveling. Like when I go or as I go from one place to the other, and it can be from one country to the other, from one city to the other, from one neighborhood to the other, but it can also be from one house that I stay to another, that the soul immediately responds. Sometimes she says to me, I love being here, straight away. And sometimes she says, I don't like it here. Other times she said, okay, you go and do what you need, but I'm not going to participate in this play because I am not comfortable. So I realized that the more I'm aware about it, the more I know about it, or the more I experiment, I experience it. It's very interesting, soul and locality. Yeah, so going back to the introduction of uh, recording a podcast while traveling, this is a part of the flexibility, which actually I like. I like not being formal, which I think uh, the listeners who have been with me since we started the podcast uh, already know. It's a second nature for me to not like, not like to, not, not liking being formal. So yes, the informality of this is something which I like. And I'm aware of the fact that it might sometimes catch me without my guards because I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what kind of noise I'm going to get. And in a way, I think if it's not going to be a terrible, unbearable noise, I will continue recording. I will re continue talking to you. In a way, this kind of podcasting or this kind of uh, living is very much like life or very much as life. Because in life too, we can plan. We love planning, don't we? Love, love planning. It gives us a sense of um, control. It gives us the illusion of control, as if we can control our lives. But at least we can try. Maybe it gives, um, it gives us some pleasure to try or to be in a few moments of uh, thinking that we can control our life. So that's the thing which actually plans are for. But then we need to know that the moment the plan is there, we need to let go because we don't know. And it's especially true in today's world, pandemic uh, situation around the world, climate changes, behavior of people. So many things are changing on a continuous level. I can really say clearly and uh, without any doubt that the change is the only thing which is permanent today. Which is what brings me to speak quite a lot, especially recently, about being in the present moment. Because the present, the gift that we get and receive in being in the present moment is huge. 
And it's good to know that there is also a positive or good or exciting side about the present moment, the only thing that we have, the only thing that we have. So uh, time has passed and uh, tomorrow I'm going back to the other side of the world. I'm packing today, about to say goodbye after three months of traveling. And uh, the heart is full. The heart is full of gratitude. The heart is full um, with awe and wonder of the encounters I had with beautiful people. Beautiful people. In Poland, Israel, Spain, and on the way to these places. And I feel grateful. I feel grateful for the experience of... Um, there's actually many, many, um, many things which I'm grateful for. First of all, for every encounter that taught me um, about my hidden parts, that taught me about my past parts, that gave me really hope for the way we live in the world. While traveling, I realized that there were many things which I used to hear in previous years, which I did not pay really uh, much attention because they did, they did not really impress me. Sometimes I even felt that they're just words without cover. And... Um, like, I'll give you an example, like the statement, we are all one. So I know on one um, level that we are all one. We are all coming from the same place and most likely going to the same place. Uh, very, very generally speaking, I'm not going to into the uh, knowledge uh, and wisdom of this subject. But the statement, we are all one, which I knew, um, sometimes evoked in me um, a response like, if we're all one, why we are killing each other? If we're all one, why do we also hate each other? If we're all one, why are we so divided? And especially in the last few years, we feel the division going inside our cells, inside our DNA. So I believe I became skeptic of this we are, all, we are all one business. Because when you don't see the camaraderie between people, when you hear about things which are not supposed to be going hand in hand with being human, then you become doubtful. It's hard to believe. So travel now, traveling now, I could see how actually it is true. Because inside the heart of all of us, I don't even know if most of us, but I think it's all of us. We, there is a heart that wants to be loved and wants to love. Really, at the end of the day, if we are loved and being loved, we don't need much more than this. 
I know it sounds really simple. And the way for this, the way to this, the way to achieve it is not very simple. But I hope you agree that the idea sounds simple. So when we are loved and when we feel love, that's not a problem. It's easy. It's when we don't feel the love in our heart to ourselves or to other people that we are in trouble. Because to go from the state of, no, I'll, I'll call it non-love, to go from this state to the state of love, of loving and being loved, takes more. It takes more than just wanting it. It's a way of practice. I read in many places about uh, the need to practice the muscle of love, the muscle of the heart. And I see it over and over again that this is true. It's something that we have to practice, almost like in many cases, it's much, easy, is, it's much easier to fall into the trap of anger, hatred, resentment, all these um, things, thoughts that play in our brain, I'm not good enough, or I'm better than, all these long, long past tapes that play in our heads, and we think that this is our, ours. We think that this is what makes us. I'm learning now more than before that many of the thoughts, the tapes, the ideas, maybe ideas is not the best word because it's not ideas, it's a, it's a self-idea. It's a notion that I have about myself uh, or about other things that connect, is connect, are connected to life. Many of them actually have been planted. They've been planted in my head Deliberately or not deliberately, by my environment, my parents, my um, extended family, then the immediate environment, and um, as I grew up, the bigger circle of friends and environment, and the world. So we know that when we are, uh, when it, um, when we are before birth, when we are in the, in the womb, we already um, receive and uh, feel and sense the vibration of the environment. We are protected in our mom's womb most, most of the time, but we are not completely... Um, oblivious to what happens outside because we hear voices, we feel the energy, we feel, and, and um, in the womb we feel when uh, the mother is in a loving place, when the mother is in, a, um, in, in distress, when the mother is calm, when the mother is busy. All of these are things which are immediately affecting a baby a baby in the womb, a fetus. 
<clears throat> so we know that we are actually, for the moment of, uh, con- of being conceived, we are not isolated. We don't live in a complete bubble. We have pockets of bubbles, but we are very much influenced by, what, by, what's, happen- by what's happening around us. And very naturally, it's impossible, actually, not just hard. It's impossible to discern, to know that's for me, that's from a higher source, this is from the environment, and so on. It all becomes a mix of what we think is us. And uh, later on in life come, comes the, the work of... Um, and inner of the inner work of wanting to learn and study about ourselves, going inside ourselves, going within, and uh, working towards making friends with ourselves, or at least accepting ourselves. We might sometimes not like all the puns we find inside ourselves, but it's good to stop and listen to them. It's good to acknowledge, that's me. This is actually something about, uh, this is something that I feel. And if I want to take it further, I can check where is it coming from. And I can check, does it really serve me, not just the world? Does it serve me? For instance, we know that when we are angry at someone, the anger is impacting us. We know that when we hate someone or something, the hatred is impacting us. So all the things that we experience, which, which are harmful, which are, sorry, which are not pleasant, are at the end of the day, they are actually harmful. They don't do good to us. I'm not saying that we have to um, push them away. Actually, no, I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying we just need to own them without self-judgment. So first to own them, to see what is the thing which I'm feeling in my heart. Okay. I'm just taking um, a process as as an example. Okay. Actually, I feel sadness. Right now, I'm feeling sadness. And as we get advice, it's even better to say or to say to ourselves, I'm experiencing sadness than saying I'm sad. I'm experiencing right now sadness. And just breathe it in and just breathe into the feeling of sadness and not trying to run away from it. Not trying to erase it. I'm sad. Yes, I'm sad. We can go at some stage that feels right and ask, why am I sad? Sometimes we might actually have an answer. Sometimes the answer will be hidden. We might actually get into the cause of the sadness later. And sometimes we might not even find the cause of sadness. But if we don't find the cause for sadness, we should not... um, We should not push it away by saying, no, no, it's not true and act as if we're not said. We can see this if we just stay with this feeling of sadness. 
because each and one of us feels sadness sometimes. If we look at the, with, at the point of sadness, if we look at other children, if we look at children, when a child says to a parent, I'm sad now, the parent will usually want to fix it straight away. The parent will usually say, oh, honey, why are you sad? There's nothing to be sad about. Mistake number one. What do we know? We don't know if it's, there's something to be said about or not. Sometimes the child might not know. So to say, to cancel it and just to um, say, um, there's nothing to be said about, we are putting the child in a doubt. Child starts actually to doubt if they have a right to feel a certain feeling. Another mistake is trying to make the child feel happy while the child is sad. The message we are giving is sadness is not okay, being joyous is okay. And we know that there is a place for all feeling, for the gamut of all feelings, like rainbow colors. So by offering um, a way to overcome the sadness, we are giving the child the wrong message that uh, whenever you're sad, better to hide it because sadness will be there, sadness will come. Mistake number three, sometimes we might even uh, go further with our mistakes by saying, uh, there's not, nothing to be said about, just look. And we show an opposite image. Look, you've got a toy that you wanted, you've got food on the table, uh, you've got parents, you've got da-da-da, as if all these things are a recipe to never feel sadness. In whatever we decide, I mean, if we choose one of these uh, responses, we do harm for the child because we are not allowing, allowing a child to be sad. And it's not just for children. It's for us as well. I remember in one of the lectures um, overseas, I was talking and um, I, came, I came on stage and I said to the people, how are you today? I was talking to... Uh, it was a group of teachers and parents. And uh, I just addressed the question to a few people in a few rows. How are you today? How are you today? Everyone was fine. Everyone was good. Everyone was uh, smiling and saying something good. And then there was a voice in the audience saying, and how are you, Zohara? And I said, actually, I'm, right now I feel sadness. I'm experiencing sadness. And immediately I could see so many faces going, oh, what happened? And I said, nothing actually happened. Don't try to change it to me. I can handle sadness. I can handle sadness. I can handle joy. I can handle many emotions. And by the time I continued with the, the lecture, Sadness went. Sadness went away. So sadness stayed there as long as it needed to stay, and then it dissolved. Sometimes sadness can dissolve quickly, sometimes not. 
the thing which you can really offer. And I said it also when I was talking about grief, how to help grieving people. The thing which we can really offer is just to be there. And be there meaning just listening to the child or the person who feels sad. Or just sitting with the person or a child that feels sad. We don't need to do anything. That's quite a relief. Just offering our being. I remember quite a few cases which I was with a sad child, be it my, maybe my own child or my grandchild or a student or a child of a friend. And when the child said, I am sad now, I just was sitting with the child, sometimes holding the hand if that's what the child wanted, or just sitting, just being there. And usually what happened is that the child said, okay, I'm not sad anymore. Come and play with me. So I really offer this way for parents. When your child is sad or when your child is angry or when your child is uh, feeling frustrated, just be with the child. And the same with a friend. Just be with your friend. So how does this connect to my, uh, my sharing about my travel? I realized that because when we travel, we don't sit in one place most of the time. There's some more, uh, there's a, a sensitivity in us, uh, more than in a, um, when we have our routine life. It's almost like... Um, if we want to enjoy the trip, we become very open and we want to um, smell the sense of a new place. We want to see uh, the behavior of people in another place. We want just to go and sightsee or uh, uh, sit in a cafe and watch people or just close our eyes and listen to the waves. I mean, there's so, uh, such a variety of experience when we travel. So it, this by itself makes us more susceptible to things. And I feel that uh, this trip now has really shown me many more uh, colors of being. And to, to which I'm very, very grateful. There is some sadness in me now of leaving one place, even though I'm going back home. There is some sadness of all the connections that I made, new connections, new friends which I met, um, new colleagues which I um, encountered and had some work with them. 
and old friendships that have deepened a lot. And I'm so grateful for all these experiences, for all these encounters, for the person in the bus, for the driver who left his seat and went and, and went down to give hand to a disabled old um, old woman that was trying to walk on the step on the steps of the bus and found it really, really hard. She needed help. It was the driver that went down and offered help. And um, to the postman, to the shopkeeper, to the shopkeeper that told me in the ice cream uh, shop that don't, don't take this one. This is not good flavor. But try this one. Um, I just... I'm just coming back really with the feeling that we are all connected. We might sometimes not feel it. We might sometimes be afraid of showing it. We might sometimes be apprehensive of acknowledging it to ourselves or to others. But I feel that there is a mysterious, beautiful thread that connects us all. And to this, I say, thank you. And I know in the world that we live now, when we become more suspicious of things and people, of governments, of um, events, of teachings, of ideas, I think we can still find a place in us, this inner child, if you want, this magic child, that is willing to be open or to open herself or his self or themselves again in order to experience magic, the magic of life. Because there is magic in life. So with this in mind, I will say goodbye because I need to go back to packing. And I want to catch a few more hours of sun. Just going, sitting, and uh, meditating in the sun. And talking about sun, every night here, I was watching an amazing phenomena of sunset. Living, in, living on the eastern side, eastern coast of Australia, we don't have sunsets, we have sunrises. So I've seen a lot of sun, sunsets uh, where I am now. And I'm so grateful for the sunsets. <clears throat> I'm grateful <clears throat> for life and I will um, bid, you, bid you goodbye now. And I will meet you next time on the other side of the world in my next podcast. And... Be well, look after yourself, and goodbye for now. If you want to help me keeping the podcast in its good place, please write some comments, good ones, if you can. If not, don't worry. <laughs> write some comments in Apple Podcast, 
or Spotify, put five stars there and share the podcast with your friends because it helps all these three things help the podcast to be reachable and accessible to many more people. Thank you. Until next time. Bye for now.